Welcome to Murder by Nature, where we discuss true crime, mystery disappearances, and unsolved cases. I'm your host, Jasmine Hernandez. Thank you for everyone continuously listening week after week. This week, we're going to jump into part two of the Chris Watts case. And again, I want to make sure that we preface this by saying, if you go and search Shanann Watts' socials, anything like that, please do not like, share, comment, none of that information. It does come back up and her family will see it. So we're going to dive into all the details again. This time we're going to start at the whole investigation, kind of going through what happened, how they got him to confess and all of that stuff. If you have any questions, please leave them in the comments and then make sure you come back next Saturday as we dive into a whole new episode. This is a weekly thing here that we do on Murder by Nature. So always join us on Saturdays to ensure that you're seeing what we did and the cases we covered. Now let's get started. I'm going to do a quick recap of the references that we went over. So our references are Reddit, Wikipedia, Insure Entertainment News, NBC News, CBS News, Murder with My Husband podcast, American Murder, The Family Next Door, Netflix, The Biography of Chris Watts, and Rolling Stones. Okay, so where we left off was right when the police decided they were going to start to interview Chris. They don't think that he is a suspect at this time. They just want to talk to him to get some more information about what's going on with Shanann and the kids. Let's begin. Police continued to talk and interview Chris to get any information that he may have had about the disappearance. Police did not immediately think Chris was a suspect. They stated that his behavior was a little strange, but he also was trying to figure out how to process what was happening. Chris was missing his entire family and police didn't really know how he was going to react or how you would react in that time. The police asked Chris what he thinks happened to his family. And he says, at first, he really thought that she left to a friend's house. But now with the police, the interviews, the canines, he's starting to think that someone took her. And if someone did take her, it was someone that she knew because he kept stating there's no signs of anything being broken. There's no signs of anything being stolen. Nothing in the house is missing. Police asked him, what else do you think we can do to help find her? And he said he felt like he has exhausted all of his options. He was thinking of what friends she could be with, what friends had car seats because she left hers at the house. He says that she could even be with people he doesn't know, male or female, because of her job. Chris asked police to rethink the conversation that he had with Shanann that morning. And they were talking about a separation, if you remember. He told her he didn't want to be with her anymore. And he tells police that he feels like he caused this. What made him feel like she needed to leave? So he he keeps saying that maybe I did this. Maybe everything that I was saying to her caused her to leave. Maybe that's why she didn't want to be here anymore because she wasn't happy. Or maybe she was agreeing with him in the time. But then when it came down to it, she was like, whoa, I don't want to stay here anymore. This man doesn't love me. Police asked him what happened that morning. Give us a rundown of what happened. He said he woke up at 4 a.m. He got ready for work that morning. And when he's getting ready for work in the morning, he decides that he wants to talk to Shanann. At around 4.15 a.m., he wakes up Shanann to talk about some things that were on his mind. They talk about how he felt, what was going on for the last six weeks, and how he felt like he wasn't in love with her anymore. He said that there was a disconnect in the marriage, and he felt it while they were on vacation. He says that this is when they both start to cry, which it was emotional. 
He said that Shanann said she understood and she wanted to work on the relationship, but she understood what he was saying. He said they discussed selling the house and that they would contact a realtor to get an update on the conversation that they had with her last week. And he said the conversation ended. She told him she would take the kids to a friend's house and that's where they left it. So something that's odd is with this, I guess Shanann and Chris were talking to a realtor about selling their home about a week or so while Shanann was on vacation. But to Shanann, that wasn't for them to separate. The house was just becoming too much, so they needed to let it go. Police asked him if they thought she was cheating on him, and he said no. He had no indication that she was cheating at all. Cops pushed the situation. He said no, she would never cheat on him. And then they asked him, are you cheating on her? And he said, I would never cheat on my wife. Police tell Chris that this doesn't look good for him. The day they have a conversation about their marriage problems, his wife goes missing. The police ask Chris if he's willing to take a polygraph test, which he agrees to. He tells the police that while he's at the police station, he's there voluntarily, that he would want to wait until the next day and then come and talk for a few hours and go through it, that his father's coming into town and he needs to go pick him up from the airport, get him situated and make sure everything's okay with that. And the police agree. You're here voluntarily. You can leave at any time. You can totally come back the next day. We can talk more and get it all set up for you. That wasn't a problem. They continued to talk and they decided at around 9 30, 11 o'clock is when he would come back in to take the polygraph test the next day. On August 15th, 2018, the officer performing the test tells Chris to see right now only one person knows the truth, but after this, everyone will. She said this because she was starting to feel a little suspicious of Chris and the way that he was reacting. He never cried during this entire investigation up until later. But during the test, they ask him questions about the disappearance, but the officer has to stop him midway. They said that his breathing was out of control. He couldn't calm down. And when he is confronted about it, he's like, I understand it's hard. I don't know what's going on. So the officer said, okay, let's breathe and restart. And they restart. They go over questions about is his name, his name, who he is, all of that. And then they jump into the actual questions about the investigation. Chris fails. Police enter the room and they're upset. They're visibly upset. They continue to ask Chris what happened to his family. And he replies, I already told you. They let him know that he failed the test and they know that he's lying. The police confront him about his cheating with Nicole Kensinger. He said that Shanann confronted him and he lied to her. He tells them that he was with his mistress the entire time his family was on vacation. And he said that she knew he was married, but he didn't want to get her involved. He said that he told her he was going to be going through a separation, but he didn't know when are the results of that. This goes on for hours until he finally asked to speak to his father. Ronnie Watts came to California as soon as he heard about what happened. And when Ronnie enters the room, he asks his son what happened. Chris starts crying. He tells his dad they aren't going to let him go. They know about his affair. His dad asked him if there is a reason that they should keep him. And he tells his dad that he doesn't want to protect her anymore. His dad asks him to please repeat himself. And he says again, I don't want to protect her. He tells his dad that she hurt them. His dad clarifies that she started to hurt the kids he tells him that she smothered the kids when he returned upstairs and his kids were gone. He said then he smothered her when he saw his kids. His dad again reclarifies. She freaked out over the separation and smothered the kids. He stated again, yes, she killed them. They were blue. 
And then he freaked out and killed her. His dad just keeps repeating, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, and is in complete disbelief with what he's hearing. He tells his dad that I'm so sorry. I don't know what to do. She she killed my kids. And his dad just says, I'm sorry, son. It's okay. I'm sorry. Chris says that she knew about the affair and she must have been waiting for him to say something. His dad tells him, you need to get a lawyer. And at that point, the officers returned to the room. Chris tells police what he told his dad. He said she knew about the affair and wasn't happy. He said that they talked about the separation and she told him he would never see the kids again. He tells police he went downstairs and while he was downstairs, he heard some stuff but didn't think anything about it. He said he went upstairs and when he did, he saw the girls were blue and he lost it and killed Shanann. He said he didn't know what he was doing and that the rage just kind of took over. He tells police that... The girls were dead there. He didn't know what else to do. And with that, it just felt overwhelming. And he kept asking himself, why can't he stop? Why can't he stop? But it was like someone was controlling his body. The officer asked them, where are the girls? He said, the girls are cold. We need to bring them home. And Chris yelled, they're gone. There's no point. They aren't coming back. And the officer asked him again, where are they, Chris? We need to bring them home. We need to bury them. Chris points investigators to the property that he was at that morning for his job. He said that he disposed of the bodies there. Shanann was found in a shallow grave on site, and the girls' bodies were submerged in separate oil tanks. Recovery of the bodies was gruesome, investigators said. A lot of different folks had to be involved in that, and I don't know if any of them will ever be the same. Walden County Sheriff Deputy District Attorney Steve Warren said, We have to have the crime scenes personally climb in and go into these tanks to recover the bodies. He said, from basic human reaction, how in the world can you do this to your own kids? The people that had to go in there had to go in like if they were in the ocean and go down to see if they can locate them. And when they did, they found each girl in a separate container. On August 15, 2018, at 11.30 p.m., Christopher Watts was arrested on suspicion of three first-degree murder charges and three charges of tampering with deceased human bodies. When Watts and Kessinger started their romantic relationship, Kessinger reports Watts lied and told her that he was already separated from his wife and was in the process of filing for divorce. Watts and Kessinger started seeing each other romantically in July of 2018, one month before the murders. Nicole shared with authorities that she and Chris exchanged text messages after Shanann Watts and her daughter, Bella and Celeste, went missing. I kept asking him, what did you do, Chris? What did you do? I asked, where's your family? Explaining that she was stressed out the entire time. Nicole recalls, so I texted him one last time and told him, if you did anything bad, you're going to ruin your life and you're going to ruin mine. I promise you that. And he responded, I didn't hurt my family, Nikki. Nicole admits to detectives that before contacting police that she deleted a number of raunchy text messages between them, saying that she was grossed out, and authorities didn't believe that she was involved with the murders. She told police, I wonder if there's more to the story. I know because I know he's a really good guy, and you know, I'm worried about his wife and kids, she said, and you're freaking me out because those girls are so little and she's pregnant, you know? It's like, where's their mom? Police found cards Watts sent Nicole, Photos of the pair together, emails sent between them. And while Nicole claims she and Watts never discussed futures of their relationship, Watts did involve his mistress in search while well, he was searching for a new apartment. And both Chris and Nicole 
Their Google search histories indicated that they were on each other's minds before the murder. Nicole had Googled, man, I'm having an affair with says he'll leave his wife and marrying your mistress. She spent hours searching for information about Shanann and even looked at wedding dresses. Watts, meanwhile, searched for things like, how does it feel when you're, when you're in love? How does it feel when someone says, I love you? And searched secluded vacation destinations. After hearing the confession from Chris, Nicole went and searched the internet to learn of whether Scott Peterson's mistress ever got that book deal. And that's just a little weird to me. She has nothing to do with this, but now she's searching on if Scott Peterson's mistress got a book deal. That just doesn't seem right. We are going to jump into an ad at this time. This week's ad is going to be by My Post Glow, and we're going to hit into that ad just now. My Post Glow wants to recognize and celebrate your big milestones. The team at My Post Glow will gather all the facts and photos from your event to write a custom story and layout to bring your memories to life. You know those memories that you're constantly playing back and forth in your head that become your happy place? The feelings that you get from that? Well, with a few simple steps, My Post Glow will transfer those memories into a beautiful masterpiece for you to cherish every single day. You'll have three options to select from, Mega Glow, Grande Glow, and Basic Glow. This is the perfect option for you to celebrate the birth of a child, a marriage, and even a new pet. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to use their FAQ videos on the website and YouTube. You might even catch a celebrity's voice that you know talking you through these answers. Visit mypostglow.com and let them write your story. On September 1st, 2018, a funeral mass was held for Shanann, Bella, Celeste, and her unborn son, Nico, in Pinehurst, a small community more than 70 miles from the state's capital of Raylan. Shanann grew up in North Carolina and had family in Aberdeen. The funeral started with the congregation singing Amazing Grace, followed by scripture readings and additional hymns. The 90-minute-long ceremony contained no reference to Shanann's husband, Chris Watts, who was accused of murdering his family. Shanann was a woman of love, Father John Forbes told the mourners. She loved God, her family, and her friends. She was a woman of determination. She had dreams to be fulfilled, and she worked hard towards those dreams. She was wanting to make a difference, and she did. She was an exceptional wife and mother. Bella Marie and Celeste Catherine were light of all of that around them. He continued. He said they were filled with life and joy and shared that with the people they encountered. Shanann was 15 weeks pregnant. Father Forbes mentioned to the family that they would like to pass a law recognizing the lives of unborn children like her son, Nico. Despite the violent crimes of Shanann and the children, the family shared a message of love. They don't want vengeance and death, but justice and light, Forbes told the mourners. The the priest then read a statement from Shanann's father, Frank. I have so much to say, but I'll make it short. Daddy loves you. You're a wonderful daughter and a great mother. You're nothing but pure love and always care for those around you. You will always be daddy's little girl. Until we meet again, I love you with all my heart. See you later. Love dad. Butterfly kisses. Then he addressed his grandchildren. Dear Bella, Celeste, and Nico, you will always be Papa's little girl and a precious grandson. You make my day filled with smiles and even when I feel bad or sad. Bella, you will always be my little civil bells and Celeste Pop Pop will take care of your truck. Throwing kisses and hugs to all of you. See you later. Love always your pop pop. 
When the funeral ended, the pallbearers consisted of family members, including her father, brother, and uncle. They placed Shanann in a white hearse between the two carrying her daughters. And then Shanann and her children were taken to their final resting place in Alberdeen. Chris told investigators that he told Shanann that he wanted to cancel the couple's upcoming trips and wanted to separate. When she pried about his month-long affair with a co-worker, he said that he worried she would take the kids from him. He said it was a different type of fight. I think it was more anger from me and more desperation from her because she wanted to fix something she knew wasn't right. Chris confesses to her murder. Chris said he woke up that morning and felt like it's going to happen. He said that he strangled Shanann to death and he doesn't remember any signs of a struggle. He said it was like a traumatic type of thing when he realized his wife was dead. I was shaking. I didn't know what happened. I didn't know what I had to do. I didn't know what I've done. And I wasn't in control of what I was thinking. Some people asked him, why didn't he call 911? He said, you know, you don't know what you're going to do in that sort of situation. Chris said the next thing that happened was his daughter, Bella, walked inside. He thought she heard the commotion and told her, mommy doesn't feel good. Next, he said he wrapped his wife's body in a sheet and carried her down to his truck where he put her on the floor. Chris said that he put his two daughters into the car. One had her favorite blanket and the other had a stuffed dog. During the 45-minute drive to Weldon County oil field, he told investigators that he considered taking his own life too. He said that he didn't have a gun though. He worried if he did it, if he was going to injure other people, and he didn't want something on the site to catch fire or blow up. Chris said his two daughters are sitting in the back of his truck when he buried his their mother in a shallow grave. He said he smothered Celeste first with her blanket while her sister was sitting beside her. Chris said he put Celeste in an oil tank and returned back to the truck where he killed his other daughter, Bella. When he tr- returned back to the truck, Bella asked what happened to her sister. And he said, she said, it's the same thing going to happen to me as happened to Cece. He said Bella's last word words as he killed her were, Daddy, no. Prosecutors said that there's evidence that Bella fought back against the man that she once called her hero. After Chris killed Bella, he put her into a separate oil tank and he told investigators that he didn't mean to separate his family, that it wasn't intentional. Chris Watts pled guilty to all charges against him on November 6, 2018. As a part of the bargain, they would spare his life from the death penalty and he would avoid the year-long legal process. Chris was charged with three counts of first-degree murder for the slayings of Shanann, Bella, and Cece. Two counts of first-degree murder where the victim was under the age of 12 and the killer was in possession of trust for the deaths of Bella and Celeste. A single count of unlawful termination of pregnancy for Shanann's unborn child. Three counts of tampering with the deceased body for the burial of Shanann's remains in a shallow grave and the dumping of the girl's corpse in the oil storage tanks. Weldon County judge called it perhaps the most inhumane and vicious crime that he's ever had to handle in the thousands of cases he's had. Frank and Sandy Ruzik filed a civil lawsuit against Watts on November 19, 2018, the same day he was sentenced to three consecutive, sen- three consecutive life sentences in prison with no possibility for parole after he pled guilty to the murdering of his pregnant wife and his daughters. 
Nearly a year later, on November 18, 2019, Weldon County Judge Todd Taylor ruled that the Ruzik's, Shanann's parents, were owed $6 million from, the, from Chris Watts. Their attorney, Tom Grant, told NBC News, Watts owes the family $1 million for each of the deaths and another $3 million for the emotional pain that they will have to go through, and that is in an interest by 8% each year. The Denver Post re- reported that the Ruzik's are unlikely to see the money, but filed the lawsuit just to prevent him from profiting off the death should he decide to write a book or sell the rights to his sob story. Nearly four years after Chris Watts brutally murdered his pregnant wife and two daughters, Shanann's parents tell ABCS4 they continue to be relentlessly targeted by conspiracy theories on popular websites like YouTube. Frank, Sandy, and their son Frankie tells the news station They have been physically, emotionally, and financially exhausted by the unfound claims by the conspiracy theory, who believe that they played roles in their family's murder in Colorado. Some YouTubers and their subscribers have even suggested that the Ruzik family ordered the murders of their loved ones in the hopes of collecting insurance money. Others suggest that the family helped Watts in his actions in hoping to gain fame and fortune. Shanann's brother Frankie posted on Facebook recommending the Netflix American Murder. This documentary gives my sister a voice and she speaks through it. It also shows her life before he came along and how happy she was with her beautiful family until he cheated and turned into a different person. And that person became a monster. Netflix doesn't explore Chris's psyche too much, but a pen pal named Charlene Cattle compiled and published his letters from him that he sent while he was in jail in 2019 in a book called Letters from Christopher, The Tragic Confession of the Watts Family Murder. In one, he reveals that he, the, med- the murders were premeditated. Writing of Shanann's death, he states, All of the weeks of me thinking about killing her and now I'm faced with it, and tucking in his daughters the night before the murder. I walked away and said, this is the last time I'm going to tuck in my babies. He confessed that he attempted to smother his daughters in their beds before murdering their mother, but they woke up. Bruised and disoriented. Instead, he drove them alive to the site where he buried their mother and smothered them again. He shoved their lifeless bodies through the small opening in the oil tank. Chris also appears to confirm that his motives were related to his affair in the letters, writing of the strangling of Shanann. I knew if I took my hands off of her, she would keep me from Nikki. He also reveals that he previously drugged his pregnant wife with oxycodone to cause a miscarriage. I thought it would be easier to be with Nicole if Shanann wasn't pregnant, he wrote. With the Dodge Correctional Institution, Chris is on lockdown 23 hours daily. During that time, he has reported that he has turned to religion and communicates via snail mail with family members and several others, including Cheryl Cattle. Cheryl struck up a conversation with him, and they corresponded back and forth. Fourth, soon after he was in prison, and she published everything that she could. While Chris is not allowed to watch the American murder in prison, he's reportedly aware of the documentary and feels a lot of a sh- lot of shame about its content, according to People. Sorry, I had to take a, a minute there. My thoughts on this case. As I said previously, this is a very hard case for me to cover, and it's something that I don't get... It's not like other cases where I'm interested in why they did it, what what caused them to do it, what happened, what made them snap. 
I truly think Chris is just an evil person. Chris killed his pregnant wife and his children for another woman. That is the lowest of lows that I can think of. What really gets to me is when he does finally confess, he lets everyone know that Bella Bella fought. She fought and she cried. And she asked her dad to stop. And he didn't. He kept going. And then he acted like nothing happened. That same day, he was messaging, well, police were at his home to realtor about the comps and all of that. And the realtor even asked, why isn't Shanann answering? She's unusually quiet. And then he's like, oh, yeah, she's been gone all day. The police are handling it. And she's like, oh, my God, is she okay?" And he says, send prayers. Like. I can't. My thoughts on this is Chris has something severely wrong with him to be able to do this. And I truly, in my heart, think Nicole knew about it. I don't think that Chris told her that they were separated or that they were getting divorced because Chris was at her house on July 4th. And when Shanann kept calling, he woke up and was like, oh, my God, I have to go home. My wife. And she got mad. You're going to tell me you didn't know he was married. If you if he was separated, I would have been like, why? Why does it matter? You guys aren't even together. But no, he had to go. And she stalked her. She saw all the pictures that she was posting. She knew she was pregnant. I think she's a fucking liar. Pardon my French. I can't. That brings us to the end of our episode. As always, thank you for listening to Murder by Nature. If you enjoyed our show, please rate us, review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any streaming platform that you're currently on. And be sure to check back next Saturday for our new episode. Until then, I am your host, Jasmine Hernandez. Don't forget to stay safe. Don't get murdered or murder people.